Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel finding dodo birds and leaky black Matt Norlande is here with me. I'm in Annapolis, Maryland for the Veterans Classic. This is my hotel room. This is Annapolis, Maryland right behind me if you're watching on YouTube. Deadleg is uh, at home in Connecticut. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and smash that like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. And if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please knock that out. While you're here, we thank you in advance. Deadleg, um, we're going to get into our, our list of the top 25 and one college basketball program runners in the country uh, in a bit. That's something that published earlier today at CBSSports.com. And we will, of course, because this is, even though it's on Thursday night, it is our Friday episode. And if you're wondering, we're not going to start doing these on Thursday night normally. We're going to do them on Friday morning. It's just that. Again, I'm at the Veterans Classic. We have shoot-arounds starting early tomorrow morning. I- I'm going to be tied up. So we decided to get together on, on Thursday night. We'll do the final four and one where we pick five games against the spread. That's how we'll close this podcast. But but I, I think I think we have to start with what happened inside the Yum Center. Final score, Bellarmine 67, Louisville 66, the Knights who play their home games inside Freedom Hall where Denny Crum and Rick Patino once led a proud and great Louisville program, went to the Yum Center and handed Kenny Payne's Cardinals a loss that they controlled from pretty much start to finish. Dead leg, we, we still haven't had a single compelling matchup between ranked teams this season, but Bellarmine Louisville was... Well, that was fun. If nothing else, it gave us a chance to tweet images from our Bellarmine offseason podcast. So that, that made for an interesting Wednesday night. Let's rewind how ridiculous the situation is. We introduced a summer shoot-around series for the first time in the history of this podcast. We were the first podcast, college sports podcast, to ever go to video. That's right. Real ones know, obviously. And then we were the first sports podcast ever to do a summer shoot-around series. And within that, uh, you know, it was pitched to do uh, to do a bonus episode on the fan base that was able to raise the most money for St. Jude's uh, Children's Hospital. And Bellarmine wound up winning that <laughs> winning that auction, which at the time we were like, all right, we'll roll with it. We're, we're men of our words. No, let, 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 let's be transparent at the time. Can we be transparent? I was rolling with it. Yeah, that's me being transparent. I was complaining about it. Yeah, you were. I thought it was outrageous, um, but, but then I was. Now look at us! But now look at us! And I want to give credit to Nada because um, there are two issues I had with our summer shoot around series. All right, because we decided we're going to do a summer shoot around series. All right, and and I'm and I'm like the way my mind works, everything has to make sense, be in order, or else it it just irritates me. I don't like randomness all over the place. Like, okay, tell me what you're doing. And I was like, okay, let's just do the top 20 and the top 25 and one. That's easy. It's a countdown from 20 to one, and that'll be the way we'll do it. And uh, there was a slight pushback, a respectful pushback, but a slight like, yeah, let's just, why don't we just do 20 notable teams from the country? And one of these was Louisville. And the argument against, which would have been my argument, 
was Louisville's not going to be any good. What we thought? Why are we, why are we doing a, a special episode on Louisville? They're going to stink. Uh, the argument in favor of was Louisville has a big fan base. They got a first year coach, and they're recruiting DJ Wagner. Let's do it. So I said, okay, this isn't really where I need to have my fights. I pick my fights other places. So we end up doing the Louisville episode. And then we end up doing the Bellarmine episode because it got auctioned off. And that's another one where I was like, all right, I'm not going to pick my fights. But this seems like we should not be doing this. Fast forward to the present. That's right. We're the only podcast who had a Louisville episode and a Bellarmine episode. And it became the highlight of Wednesday night's development. So this is me appreciating Nada and everybody else for overruling my ideas. Because if you would have left this strictly up to me, we would not have done Louisville. We'd have done Dayton. And we would not have done Bellarmine under any circumstances. So you went from, they're not good. And then thinking, I was wrong. That's right. And here we are, <laughs> Louisville and Bellarmine. Don't doubt again. Because, yes, the universe winking at us in this way is unbelievable. Um, and so, yeah, the fact that, you know, and then you got the Bellarmine shirts, all credit to you. You leaned into it and it wound up working out this way. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Louisville now has to bequeath the Yum Center uh, to Bellarmine. Uh, they already got, they have Louisville's old home arena. Now they own the new one too. That's uh, right. This is, we're not going to spend too much time on this, uh, as much time as GP really wants here, but come on now. This is either, I got a few uh, texts, uh, you know, from from some from some coaches on Wednesday night as this as this was going down, and you know, a couple of them were saying, "This is not how you want to start a coaching tenure. You're losing to. It's not even a crosstown rival. It's the it's the it's it's the runt of the family. Bellarmine just became Division One, and I was thinking about it, and really, this is. Four or five years from now, this this is going to be a part of the Kenny Payne era for good or for bad. Either we look up in 2027 and Louisville is a top 25 program that's made some noise in the NCAA tournament. Kenny Payne's got some big recruiting wins. The Cardinals are back on a national stage and be like, remember how it started, though? Man, that was rough at the start. Or this never gets going or it's just bumpy for a number of years. And we look up in 2027. And he's there's a different person coaching the program. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Scotty Davenport is coaching the program. Bellarmine's coach. And I will say right. Pat Forty. Give credit to Pat Forty. When Louisville job opened, he said, "Hey, you you could do worse than Scott Davenport." And that, yeah, I'm not willing. His, I'm not willing to say that's what they did. But yeah, Wednesday no, night wasn't great. Say did, but he does have a history. He he literally was an assistant coach at Louisville for years and years and years under Denny Crum and Rick Patino. So he actually knows the program. And he was a he was a viable candidate for the job. But Kenny, this was wired for Kenny Payne from the start. Sure, Kenny Payne winds up uh, winds up getting it there, and yeah, Bellarmine. <laughs> it went from uh, not a texting me like early in the first half, being like, "We might have something here," and I was like, "Okay, guy, calm it down." All right, there's like, <laughs> there's like 14 minutes to go in the first half. We'll, we'll we'll see about that. And I was checking in, just peeking in, and uh, squeezing in a little uh, little money heist on Netflix. Solid show. Um, I'm getting there. I wasn't so into it early, but I'm in season one, and I'm 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 getting more and more bored with that. So then, my money heist watch ends, and then I get uh, get into the second half, and it's like okay, they're still <laughs> they still have the lead, and yeah, this is looking more and more likely. Then our group, our our three way chat gets rolling, and we're thinking about how we can take advantage of this moment as we should have. And then Bellarmine almost blows that you were rooting for Louisville to just get it over with. They're like, okay, if we're going to do this, just win the damn game, Louisville. I was like, no, I don't not has been pulling up clips, getting things ready. I don't want time wasted over the past 30 to 45 minutes. Lo at some behold, point I was getting, at some point I was getting so frustrated with the way Bellarmine was trying to close this game out. Aye, I was aye. like, you know what? I was happy for you guys, but this is getting outrageous. If you can't close this thing out, then I, I'm going to start rooting for Louisville. And then, of course, Bellarmine closed it. Bellarmine got it with a, a very smart play at the end to just huck the ball to the other side of the floor. Almost, it, it didn't get quite enough. The parabola didn't have enough of a curve to actually do that before time expired entirely. Didn't wind up mattering. Uh, Louisville's inbounds play was certainly not. Well, it wasn't late in 92. We'll put it that way. Uh, Bellarmine gets the win. Still rated well below Louisville in, in Ken Palm. Went into that game 244. Louisville was 91. Now, as we speak here on a Thursday night and shouts to everyone watching us live on YouTube for a special and rare 
Thursday night Ion College Basketball show. Bellarmine's now 218, so a good bump up. Louisville dropped 12 spots. It is 103 overall. Bellarmine will play at look, Bellarmine's schedule, by the way. I did take a look at this. They're at Moorhead State. Then they play a non-D1. Then they're at Clemson, at Duke, at Loyola Marymount, at UCLA, at Kentucky. They actually are at Duke right before Duke has to go to PK-85. Bellarmine, it might be, they might be sneaky enough to give Duke a little bit of a fit there, but that schedule is obviously indicative of Bellarmine's current situation. Third year in D1, transitioning over. No, not eligible for the postseason, but they are playing a lot of bye games as they've made the jump up to keep their athletic department solvent. You're going to have to do that, play against the likes of Clemson Duke. All these schools are going to pay them hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to get road games, and we'll see how many they get. They just got paid to go to Louisville. Uh, Barely had to hop on all of a seven to 10 minute bus ride. They get the win cards. You could be in for a long year. We did a whole, you know, as GP mentioned, summer shoot around episode. We'll see what happens. You know, Louisville's now got homies against Wright state. Not a bad mid major team at all. App state. They're actually kind. They're not terrible. Either. I'm not saying they're going to win these games, but these aren't like, these are probably teams that are not going to be like 250 or worse at the end of the season. And then Louisville's got to go to Maui. It's got to play Maryland, Miami. So it could be a more than just a little bit rocky for the Cardinals over the next six weeks. Yeah. Bellerman, my heart is made of Bellerman. I hope that's clear. But I'm afraid for Louisville that what happened Wednesday night says more about Louisville than it says about Bellerman. Um, Louisville lost an exhibition game. So this ain't just some like out of nowhere thing. Yeah. Lenore shouts to Lenore Ryan D2. Yes. Like this ain't some out of like, oh, oh, wow. I'm shocked that after looking great in the exhibitions, I'm shocked Louisville struggled in its opener. Like Louisville has been struggling every time it's been on a basketball court this this season, exhibitions or otherwise. And when we did that Louisville episode in the offseason, it's sort of a funny, funny moment. We tweeted it last night. You asked me, all right, GP, what are people doing about this Louisville uh, roster? And I was like, it's not good. That's they're not that, good. It's, it's not a good situation. And that was obvious last night. Again, this wasn't Bellarmine beating Louisville because they went 13 of 20 from three. They just beat them like they looked like the better basketball team. And now if you go to the Ken Palm projections, because I got some pushback on social media while acknowledging no matter what you predict, you're going to get pushback on social media from somewhere. So I'm not trying to make it out to be anything more than it was, but I predicted Louisville would go under 500 in Kenny Payne's first season. And there was some pushback from Louisville fans. And I've never felt better about that prediction than I do right now. Listen, we're recording this Thursday night to anyone listening on Friday. If you're late, if you're late to the pod getting Saturday or even uh, one of the sickos going on a Sunday, Twitter might not even exist in 48 hours. So you might, this might be a thing of your past pretty soon here. That's all. You know what? You're good with it. I know. Yeah, I feel good about it. You know, I do too, actually. Now I know how to, I I know how to look at TikTok videos. Oh, 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 you see, I, I, yeah, I just look at them. I don't, I don't participate. Uh, I just enjoy watching them. <laughs> I just How did watch, I know that was a thing with you? Gosh. I just watch TikTok videos, so I don't really need Twitter anymore. You know, I don't. If it you goes away, top, you're gonna you're gonna do a send out a TikTok every morning for the top twenty five and one. I'm gonna hire a little girl, oh, okay. and she is going to announce the top twenty five and one every morning on TikTok. Okay, that would probably do well. Very, very well, May. Can't speak to it. Not on TikTok. Have no plans to join TikTok. There is an eye on college basketball account on TikTok. Just so you know, if you are inclined to be on the ticks and the talks. Gosh, that sounded old. Uh, seriously, though, do follow. If you if you do incorporate that app into your life, uh, Nada mans that and does a really good job. And that will continue to grow and expand and expand. So we are out there in that realm, too. If you're interested, just to put a bow on this, Louisville's now projected record at KenPom.com is 11 and 18 overall, seven and 13 in the ACC. Uh, that non-league schedule, obviously, an ACC schedule is going to be tough. The non-league schedule has got some um, challenging games on it as well, and it looks like Kenny Payne's first season is not going to go well. Doesn't look like he's going to get DJ Wagner. They mm-hmm. do have commitments from two top 70 wings in the class of 2023, so. Um, that's that's worth something, but I think what Louisville fans were hoping is that year one would be respectable and year two would be led by DJ Wagner, and it it, it appears at this point neither one of those things is going to be true. Before we get to our next segment, which I'm excited to talk about, I got I got two things to mention here. One, uh, there will be other podcasts that will try and adopt Bellerman 
we're, we're having none of it and we know our right. listeners will have none of it. This is the Bellerman podcast. Okay. Yes. Except no substitutes. I don't want to hear we it. Have, and in, fact, Nada, in post, if you're watching on YouTube, you're not going to hear this. Nada post hey, YouTube. For this, for this hey. episode. When it goes into the feed, hey, YouTube. let's have the intro for this episode be the Bellerman fight song. That absolutely ridiculous one. I want that for this episode. If we can do that, please, since we started it and uh, you are never uh, disassociating yourself with the Big Bang Challenge, my man, because as soon as you started talking about TikTok, we got, you know, eight to 10 comments here on YouTube about Big Bang Challenge. So I think the people want an update. Is that a thing? On I TikTok? saw a Big Bang. I saw a Big Bang Challenge on TikTok yesterday for the first time in like months. I was like, it was like seeing an old friend, you know, like somebody you went to high school with. I was like, oh, it's a Big Bang Challenge. How you, how you, how you guys been? And then I went into the comments and it was immediately like, that's so 2000. I was like, I enjoyed the Big Bang Challenge. But bring now, you know, I think you have, should bring it back. They have, they, have, they have other things now. I don't, I've, I've, I've literally never seen the Island College Basketball Podcast TikTok account. <laughs> well, I, I but, assume you should, start, you should start following it. So I don't think the algorithm, I don't follow anything. I don't want any evidence oh, of what okay. I'm up to. I don't, well, I don't want I, any I evidence that, of what I'm what? up to on Actually, TikTok. That, that, that toothpaste is out of the tube, my man. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't I don't follow I'm anything. Also, I'll go in the in the universe. So okay. All right. I don't follow I don't follow anything on TikTok and I don't like anything on TikTok. I'm merely an observer. I'm just an old man sitting over in the corner quietly <laughs> observing. Well, most people don't realize that's like 67% of, of all of TikTok's user base right there. It has man, to be my, my Thursday night energy right now. My my wife uh told me uh the other night. She was like, you know, uh, like on um, she grabbed my phone to, to, um, she, she likes to get my, cause I don't like all of her, um, stores post on Instagram just cause like, I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I should, maybe I should be more supportive. So she, she grabbed my phone to start liking some of her stores posts. Fake and she, yeah, she, she was given, she was giving them fake likes and, um, she, she, she went into my search on Instagram and, and she was like, do you realize that when you like th this, this, this app, it, it records, it, it takes into account what it is you watch most often. And then it, it floods your search with these things. Cause I was like, I, I didn't search for anything crazy. Cause it's not like I'm so stupid. I don't know how to delete my searches. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't search for anything crazy. And she was like, I want you to look at my phone. She said, look, when you go to the search, it is all Frenchies. It's just little dogs because that's what I look at. She said, now look at yours. And boy, when she clicked on mine, it was outrageous. Liar. Yeah, exactly. it was. It was something else. It was all Big Bang challenges or things like the Big Bang challenge and golf swings. That's it. Oh, it that's all, it, huh? Yeah, nothing. But the only thing I watch, really, the only thing I watch anymore is golf swings and Big Bang challenges. Again, you liar. All right. I don't need anything else in my life. Okay. That's all I need in my life. You want to you want to keep people calm and talk about the best coaches in the sport? We did something this week that I don't ever remember us doing we before. We submitted ballots and ranked the top 25 and one college basketball coaches in the country. We're going to get to that list next. But first, a Big Bang Challenge. No, I'm just kidding. First, <laughs> a word from our partners. <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So we did something this week that I, I don't ever remember doing before. We submitted ballots and ranked the top 25 and one college basketball coaches in the country. Number one on my ballot, we didn't release our individual ballots. We will discuss them to some degree. But number one on my ballot was Kansas coach Bill Self. And number one on our list was Kansas coach 
Bill Self. So, Deadlay, let's stop here for a second. Um, can I ask whether you also had Bill Self number one on your ballot? Bill Self was number one on my ballot. Before we get into the overall list, it was you, me, David Cobb, Kyle Boone, of course, that put in for the votes. Uh, the interpretation of this was left up to each of us to how we were going to assemble our lists. And so I took this to be, you know, the title on the story, I think, is, you know, who are the best head coaches in men's college basketball? To me, that was, okay, you have a power conference program right now. Prioritize your list of who you would choose to lead that program Tomorrow, if you had a choice, if it was your choice and money was no object, how would you order that? And so I took into account, I took into account accomplishment. Sure. Like, you know, Jim Beheim did make my list because, as was noted on the previous episode, he's about to win a thousand games for a second time. But Jim Beheim would not be in my top 10 choices right now to lead a program. That being said, he did reserve. He does deserve some respect for what he has been able to do. Huggins, freshly into the Hall of Fame, also made my list. But those would not be the guys that I would have at the top five, top 10 level guys who are not just really good coaches, really good recruiters, really good in the huddle, really good running practices, really good on the whiteboard, really good running a program as well. Uh, we'll probably get to Patino for a second here. But, you know, Patino is if you had me pick purely for coaching. I would have Rick Patino in my top five, no matter what. Rick Patino's, you know, in his mid seventies, and hell, maybe Iona won't be his last job. But for me personally, to run a program and everything that comes with it, particularly at the high major level, uh, Rick Patino personally would not be in my top five, even though I acknowledge he is on really. I'm about to say Mount Rushmore here. Gosh, uh, he is really on the Mount Rushmore all time of of tacticians at the college level. There, so uh, self was number one. I'll give you. Um, the top of my list here, and then we'll get more into our overall uh, CBS list. I went self one. Again, this is if I'm starting a power conference program tomorrow. Bill self one, Kelvin Sampson two, Tony Bennett three, John Calipari four, Mark Few five, Scott Drew six, Tom Izzo seven, Matt Painter eight, Bruce Pearl nine, and then at number 10, my highest-ranked coach that didn't make the list, I don't think he got a vote from any of you three, is Sean Miller. Sean Miller is, I think, unequivocally a top 25 coach in the sport. Uh, he did just take a year off. He has not made a Final Four. There was a point, you know, five years ago, Sean Miller was the best coach not to make a Final Four. Um, he was the only coach this past offseason, I believe, who had multiple standing offers from power conference programs. He basically had his choice between Xavier or South Carolina chose to go back to Xavier. That is my one through 10, but that's just mine. Our actual one through 10, which GP can reveal in just a second is obviously different from that considering it was a composite vote. Yeah, it was a vote. And then uh, one of our editors, uh, the great Marcus Nelson compiled the votes and then spit out the list. So none of us are solely responsible for this list, which is probably best. Um, but the actual list, the, the, after all the votes were tabulated, it was number one, Bill Self, number two, Mark Few, number three, Scott Drew, Number four, John Calipari. Number five, Kelvin Sampson. Number six, Tony Bennett. Number seven, Tom Izzo. Number eight, Bruce Pearl. Number nine, Mick Cronin. And number 10, Eric Musselman. And like I mentioned, my ballot started with Bill Self at number one. And my number two was Rick Patino. I, I submit. But you had a if, different list of criteria than me, right? So you just had a Yeah, but it wasn't just about accomplishments because, and I say this respectfully, because I think Jim Beheim is one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. He did not make my list because I don't think he's one of the greatest right now yeah. and certainly hasn't been running that program that way. Um, I think Rick Pitino is still one of the best coaches in college basketball right now. And then when you take into account the accomplishments, like I think if you gave Rick Pitino a, a real power five job tomorrow, he would have it competing for final fours very quickly, like maybe within maybe within two years. Um. I I have gone so far before to say that if Rick Pitino never did anything except coach college basketball, same way Mike Krzyzewski never did anything but coach college basketball, Rick Pitino would be the greatest college basketball coach of all time. Over K. Uh, because I right now would, it's, it's, it's Wooden, K, Mick Cronin, and Pitino. Yeah. Right. I, I think if, 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 if Rick Pitino had just come to college basketball and never left and wherever his career takes him. That's, that's, that's spicy. I'm I, not, think he'd ha I think he'd have more wins. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. 
But considering everything Kay pulled off, I, it would it certainly would have been interesting because he had, I mean, Kentucky 96, that might be my favorite college basketball team of all time. He leaves to go to the NBA after 97, of course. Tubby wins it in 98. So there's, there is a case to be made there. Um, so uh, in terms, because we got some pushback when we tweeted this about Bill Self being number one. And I get it if you just want to make your, isn't he suspended right now, jokes? Like, you know, that's what that's what Twitter is for for now. <laughs> Who knows what Twitter is going to be for soon. But for now, that's what Twitter's for. So I'm unsurprised by some of the responses. But if you take that and set it aside, and maybe you can't. Maybe you can't. And that's fine. I'm not trying to convince that's anybody of anything. You can't. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I'm just saying if you can take that and put it aside and just who runs his basketball program better than anybody else, I don't even think it's a debate. Bill Self is one of only two coaches in college basketball, active coaches with multiple national titles. The other, of course, is Rick Pitino. Um, he's won 16 Big 12 titles in 19 seasons at Kansas. While the Big 12 has largely in that time span been considered one of, if not the best conferences in the country. That is ridiculous. To to help you understand just how ridiculous, Mike Krzyzewski, who is widely regarded as the greatest coach in the history of college basketball, won 13 ACC titles in 42 seasons at Duke. Bill Self has 16 Big 12 titles in 19 seasons at Kansas. I mean, what? I mean, that hadn't even coached half as many seasons at this school and has won three more conference championships. I'm not going to downplay what Self did. Obviously, the the slope in Shashevsky's league was certainly different over the course of his career. No question. Yeah, but, but the Big 12 has been the better league for you know better part of a decade. So, 16 yeah. of 19. In a in a league the caliber of big of the Big Twelve, I don't think is something that can be replicated. Or or will how about this? You ready? Whatever the power conferences become, it's not getting replicated. It's that is not getting replicated. You're not winning sixteen Never of nineteen happened. in a league like that. Mark Few can maybe win sixteen of nineteen in the WCC. Um, you know, John Calipari, if he'd have stayed at Memphis in Conference USA, could have done it there. But in a league like the Big Twelve, no person is going to win 16 of 19. And that is what Bill Self has done. So to, for me, it, that, that was a no-brainer. I, I was really just going, okay, Bill Self's number one, now where do we turn? And I went Patino at two. I won't go through my whole ballot, but I will tell you, I was obviously much higher on Patino than what our final list um, pr- produced. I was also higher on Tom Izzo. He's seven on our list. I had him in the top five. I was higher on Chris Beard. I was higher on Chris Holtman. I was higher on Tommy Lloyd. I was higher on Ed Cooley. And I was higher on Randy Bennett. And there are four guys who were on my ballot who didn't actually make our list. And those four guys, I don't mind saying, are Buzz Williams, Dan Hurley, Andy Enfield, and Jamie Dixon. I didn't have any of those. Uh, I have not totally cross-referenced who I had that didn't get on. I, I have... I have Mike Bray on my list. I don't think I'm going to read off the just so everyone listening here. Here's the here's the list. Uh, Parrish gave him you the top ten. Uh, Eleven is Patino. Twelve is Matt Painter. Thirteen is Beard. Fourteen is Rick Barnes. Fifteen is Leonard Hamilton. Sixteen is Bob Huggins. Seventeen is Chris Holtman. Eighteen is Tommy Lloyd. Don't get out of the segment before we hit on Tommy real quick. Uh, Nineteen is Hubert Davis. Twenty is Brad Underwood who Underwood was my last cut. He was not on my list. He was my last cut. 21 was Cooley. 22 was Bayheim. 23, Dana Altman. 24, Randy Bennett. It's a top 25 and one in CBS Sports uh, branding tradition. 25, Greg McDermott also was in my final rounds. Uh, He did not make it through on my list. And then 26 is Juwan Howard. Um... So I had on my list who didn't make it Bray, Thad Mata, Sean Miller. And I put Anthony Grant and Mark Schmidt on my list on the, on the back end there. What Mark Schmidt has been Ooh, able to do. Mark Schmidt's State, a good one. That Mark Schmidt's a good one. He, he, I, I basically, I basically picked Mark Schmidt over Brad Underwood. And again, like, you know, what are we? We're splitting hairs at this point. Mark Schmidt's level of difficulty is so insane at St. Bonaventure as particularly when you see when he took that job. 
Um, and I didn't want to make this only a power conference kind of thing here that I wanted to, I wanted to lob him, uh, lob him a vote. I knew he probably wouldn't crack through cause I didn't know if anyone else would have voted for him. Anthony Grant, he did not thrive at Alabama, but when you look at his career in totality and I did bake in a little bit, I did bake in just a little bit of, of predictiveness here. I think, you know, if Dayton can do what we're thinking it should do. And by that, I mean, sit somewhere between a three seed and a six seed or seven seed this season when we get to the tournament. Like, I think he will have a valid, you know, could have had a one seed two, three years ago. We didn't have a damn tournament. That's probably working against him a little bit there. Um, I did not vote for the, I, uh, okay, obviously Shire, not on the list. He hasn't coached a game. We can't put him yeah, on the list. And that was my thing. Shire was initially like on my group of people to consider. And I was like, I think like he'll be on this list next year, I believe, but he has not at the time we submitted our ballots, he had not coached a game. And I was like, maybe that should be where I set the bar. You have to at least have coached one game before you can make this list. I didn't put the likes of Tommy Lloyd, Hubert Davis on the list. They were really good in year one. I just needed personally. I just needed a little more on the resume. I need a little more on the pile. That's all. They were certainly under consideration, but frankly, I traded off between, like, right now, if you gave me Tommy Lloyd to run my program or Jim Beheim, Jim Beheim made my list. I would take Tommy Lloyd quite clearly, but I wanted to at least have a nod to Beheim, who's one of the best coaches of all time. If we're, you know, if we're publishing a list that says the top 25 and one coaches in college basketball, to me, Jim Beheim needs to be on that list for all that he's done there. But it wasn't easy. And again, the criteria was not strict to all of us. Uh, we were able to interpret it the way they were. It, it was We haven't done this before, and it is pretty fascinating. I also, in looking at this, a couple other thoughts. One, uh, you know, we did... This was made a bit easier by the fact that we have had a lot of really good Hall of Fame level coaches leave the sport in the past year or two. So it enabled other coaches to be under consideration and ultimately make the list there. I didn't include Juwan Howard. That's also a pretty good one. Um, that was the one when he made it onto our final list. I was like, yeah, you know, like there's there's something to be said for that. Juwan Howard versus my pick. I think on Juwan the belongs on the list. I think that's I think probably got to be on there. I think he's, again, he's probably got to be on there. But, um, but I, I overall, when I just read off the back end, you heard Paris read the, the top 10. If you need to rewind, go back and listen again. I don't really have a ton of issues. I only think that, like, Sean Miller has got, he's, I, you know, I, I, you know, you can shrug him off in the same ways that you might want to with, with Bill Self at one. And I get all that. And I think he will eventually have to face a suspension whenever the IARP case comes down. But I just think, he is a quite clearly a top 25 coach in the game. That's the only one who didn't make the list that I think probably has a, has a right to it, but there you have it. The, the truth is, and I think this um, is the way by the time you get to January, the top 25 and one that I do every morning also looks like when you get outside of the top 15, the next 25 to 30 are all reasonable candidates. And so there's some guys that undeniably have to be on this list, like Bill, uh, Mark Few, Scott Drew, John Calipari, Kelvin Sampson, Tony Bennett, Tom Izzo, Bruce Pearl, Mick Cronin. I, I think Eric Musselman at this point, uh, you know, uh, Rick Patino, Matt Painter, Chris Beard, Rick Barnes. Like I think that, yep. that group that group has to be on everybody's list. And then you get into, um, you know, do you want Buzz Williams or Dana Altman? Do you want Andy Infield or Greg McDermott? Do you want Jamie Dixon or Jawan Howard? Yeah. I think after about the top 15 to 20, you could do another 20 to 25, and it's it's all reasonable. Agreed. Uh, I like seeing that Randy Bennett made the list. You and I might have, I don't know if Boone or Cobb put him on, but so you and I might have uh, single-handedly made sure that's the case. Similar situation to Mark Schmidt, obviously. I mean, St. Mary's is a tiny, tiny school in the middle of Moraga, California, that he's been able to at least keep within arm's length of a Gonzaga program that's become a behemoth. He, I think he objectively has to be uh, right there. And yeah, McDermott, you know, McDermott made tw top 25. That's valid, and it might be more validated by what Creighton could be this season, similar to, you know, what I was doing with some projection with, uh, with Dayton there. We'll link this in the podcast description if you want to give it a read. David Cobb did, uh, did the capsules for all these guys. It was certainly pretty intriguing. And, uh, you know, I've heard a little bit of feedback there uh, from the list as as is, you know, as is to be expected there. But I'm with you when I look at this because I'm kind of scrolling back right through here. 
top 15 overall. Uh, pretty good case for guys that just need to be in that mix there. And again, we go self one, few two. Now, few doesn't have a national title. Drew has a national title. Yeah. So I've never heard that before. Okay. But, you know, let's just focus on the top, uh, the top just to begin. I, I struggled with this because I did rank few ahead of Drew by one spot. Few has just done it longer at a play. Like, I don't know. I, 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 it's just one spot. So whatever. But I did, I was like, who should, who deserves to go in the spot more? You know, if, and, and to me, it was a, it was a big time toss up. But lo and behold, uh, that, that's how it shakes out. Few two. Drew has a national title. He's three. Cal has a national title. He's four. Sampson doesn't. Maybe you'll have one in five months. But when you look at what he's done at Houston, it's been big. Bennett has a national title. He's six. Izzo, obviously. He's at seven. Pearl does not. Uh, Cronin does not. Musselman does not. Uh, Patino does. He's the lowest rank one on the list with a national title. There are others, obviously, that have made a Final Four as you continue to move on down the list there. Um, very fun exercise. Just, and uh, yeah. Just a correction. Jim Beheim would be the lowest guy. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. With, a, with, a, with a national championship. But still... Um, you get the point. So that's the list. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out at cbssports.com. Or if Twitter's still around, you can you can find it on Twitter. Um, you ready to do the, f- the first final four and one of the season? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got to figure out a, a a thing here. Do you uh, back when we did the mailbag? We got onto the topic of the final four and one. We got a few. We got a few listener feedbacks here. So a couple of people were saying, "Listen, it's how is it the final four and one when you do it every single week?" Well, let me answer. Let's do that right there. Let me answer that. Okay. okay. It's the final part of this episode. It's the final part of an episode. And it's four games we're picking against the spread that I pick. And then you get to add one at the end, final four and one. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. We had two submissions from people, one of them being Eddie. Shouts to Eddie saying, since you always do it Friday, just make it the Friday four and one, which I'm fine with as well. Well, Uh, I um, uh, maybe Eddie should mind his own damn business. Just... Again, trying to incorporate some listeners here. Okay. Um, this other one that we're not going to use it, but I do want to give a shout to Chad. He goes, you know what? I think it really should be the four out one in. It's fitting because we know Norlander is the one inside doing all that dirty work while Parrish is out there dropping bombs. <laughs> the four out one in offense. I don't know. So shouts to Chad for that. That is if- the way I play basketball. I just stand out on the perimeter and launch. And then, uh, and then, and then like the way I play two on two basketball I've is never I stand on the perimeter and launch. And then I uh, we're committed to playing zone defense. Oh, you know what? I do have. Oh, it's on my. <laughs> I do have an old picture. I've never seen you play basketball. I have the old picture of you. I, I got it. I have the old picture. I'm almost positive it's on the old computer. I got the old picture of you with the shorts down to your ankles, spiky hair headband. You know, that was a re- yeah, that was that was that was for charity. That is an amazing photo, though. It's buried in there somewhere. I might have to find that. And uh, that was for charity. All right. So it's the final four and okay, one. I'm just making sure for proper purposes. All right. Yeah. We mocked up a couple different graphics. By the way, if you're not already, please follow Ion College. <laughs> follow Ion CBB podcast on Twitter. If it continues to exist by the time you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, you never we know. We will also, if you want to be, if you want to hear the picks and kind of learn our picks that way, save it for the pod. That's fine. I think the plan will be for Nada to tweet out the graphic. Um, you know, sometime a few hours after the pod goes live, uh, but we'll have documentation of all that, and you can see the pics on uh, 
on Twitter as well with a link to the pod. All right, GP. Um, well, um, just some history. Like we've been doing this now for a few years and we keep records throughout the entire season and I've never lost. Oh, gosh. So I'm trying to keep my winning streak going this the season. Actual, or, or, the actual reality. Or, okay. Hmm. Hmm. 33 and 39 last year. Oh, gosh. It's better, yeah. than, hey, better than Kenny Payne's going to do. Oh, God. The unnecessary. Yeah, I didn't mean that. I take that back. That unnecessary. Was un- that's, that's unnecessary. I take that back. What was mine, Nada? Do you know? You got that, Nada? My record? 40 and 27. There we go. Okay. Um, all right, I got a f- I, I know the games you're going to pick because we because we're rocking that Google Doc. I love it. I have a few other notes not with these games, including an important initiative, but I'll save that. Let's go. Let's roll. All right, final four and one. Game one, Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Number three, Houston versus St. Joseph's. Inside Cameron Kinley Hall. You can watch it on CBS Sports Network. I'll be on the sideline <laughs> unless they see me tomorrow and decide. I we can't got a number of comments. It's called the I on college basketball podcast oh it's outrageous or the swollen eye on college basketball podcast it's it's outrageous i wish i could just wear this hat tomorrow because I, what i found is the other problem with having 14 stitches above your eye is that every time somebody sees it what do they do oh what happened yeah you yeah. know how many times i've told this story at this point i told it three times in the lobby of my hotel within eight minutes and, so the, I guess- and the thing is you can't be like Dude, it's enough. I've already told 27 people. You got to go to four shoot arounds. Yeah. Head coach, assistants. Yeah. So you got to do you got to do you got to ride that carousel a lot of times tomorrow. It's a it's a it's going to be a deal. So you can watch it on CBS Sports Network. Kim Pom has it Houston minus 18. What you thinking? <sighs> okay. Cougs just beat Northern Colorado. Granted it was at home. 83 to 36. That's a Northern Colorado team that sits at 198 in Ken Palm, or did at the time of the game, I should say. No, it's 198 now. St. Joe's is 165. Um, Here's my rule until we have been given reason otherwise. I am not going to pick against Houston against the spread until Houston proves to me it won't cover. Just give me the coups. Marcus Sasser, now again, it was just Northern Colorado. Sasser was awesome in that game against Northern Colorado. Came out of the gate, his first action in, you know, 10 and a half, 11 months. Went for 21 points, three dimes, four steals. In 20, uh, 28 minutes, he was great. Really talented. Houston to cover. Yeah, like, I actually think that score against Northern Colorado is meaningful from a point spread perspective because, listen, you're, you're scoring in the 80s. You're up a million. There's no reason to continue to... I mean, there is a reason because Kelvin Sampson is your coach and it's part of the culture of the program. But a lot of teams would just like final seven minutes of that. It just get up and down, up and down. And Northern Colorado would score some easy buckets. And Houston was still like they held them under 40. They kept them in the 30s while they scored 80. Like that suggests they'll play. They'll play to the end. They're going to guard you to the end. And that's why I would lay the 18 points. Um, also... Uh, in Houston season opener, worth noting, five-star freshman Jarris Walker uh, wasn't great. He missed 11 of the 14 shots he took, but he did have 12 rebounds and, you know, just it, he's a physical specimen. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in person uh, tomorrow here at the, the Naval Academy. We will both take Houston and lay the 18 points. Game two Friday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. It's number two Gonzaga versus Michigan State on the USS Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Ah, bang! Okay, big time they, game. They made a they made a movie about Abraham Lincoln being a vampire hunter. I know that I never watched it, but I knew where you're going with that. So, how funny? How high do you have to be to come up with that idea? Uh, there was I feel like there was a pretty big vampire thing going on back in the the mid to late 2010s, early. 2010s. Imagine somebody comes to you and they say, "Hey, you know what? We should make a film about Abraham Lincoln, our former great president." And they're like, "Yeah, that's a great idea. We should." And then before you can even say another word, they say, "But, but." He's a vampire hunter. And like somehow everybody went along with it. It's just funny to me. Like, I'm, hey, I'm not, yeah. Like, like what if there was a, That's hey, we should make a movie film. about Teddy Roosevelt. Except he's fighting aliens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, all, it's all wild. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gonzaga, Michigan Roosevelt, State on the USS. Teddy Roosevelt was into premarital sex? I don't think there's any doubt. Okay. Yeah. 
He was in that arena. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was getting it. Teddy yeah. Roosevelt was getting it. There's no question in my mind. You can uh, watch it. Gonzaga, yeah. Michigan State on ESPN. Kimpom has it. Zags minus eight. Man, there's that energy. It's good. We're going to do most of these on Friday mornings, but this is a, <laughs> this is a spirited episode. Um, all right, so a few things here. First of all, this is the sixth installment of a college basketball game being played on an aircraft carrier. It hasn't happened. It will be literally 10 years to the day when it goes down on Friday. The first one with this was you were there 11 years ago on November 11th, 2011, 11-11-11, Michigan State, North Carolina, and San Diego, where this one is taking place as well. The next year, Florida Georgetown did it in Jacksonville. The game got nixed at halftime because of condensation on the court um, due to humidity uh, on the Atlantic Ocean. The Ohio State Notre Dame... If I remember correctly, who was playing in that game? Florida Georgetown. If I remember correctly... The condensation was because Billy Donovan peed on the court. Is that true or not? What if they had to cancel the game because Billy Donovan peed on the court? Ohio State Notre Dame women played before that. And uh, then he hunted but, vampires. Incorrect. I'm looking at the notes. So that was in Jacksonville. That got canceled. Now, down in Charleston the same day, Ohio State women, Notre Dame women, they completed a game. But later that night, after the sunset, Marquette, Ohio State couldn't also. So... Two games in like uh, this on the same day got canceled, and then two days later, November eleventh, twenty twelve, the last time this happened, Syracuse San Diego State out on the Pacific. So anyway, I bring this up to say this: when the game has been played in San Diego on an aircraft carrier, they've finished the game. I did check in with a source. Weather forecast looks good. Low sixties. Told the teams toward the ship today. Practice on the base today, and got some shots up on the ship. Obviously, you got to be able to. Uh, to get a feel for that. It's going to be an incredible, incredible watch. I will not be able to see this live. I have a buddy's wedding that uh, one of my closer buddies is getting married tomorrow night. So this will be a DV. I, I do want to watch the game. I want to see how it's presented on TV and it damn well better get finished because uh, selfishly, I'd like them to try. I don't know when they will try this again, if they will ever try this again. But if this game either doesn't get completed or... It is a disaster on the way to completion. They will never do this again. So I would like to try and cover one of these eventually. And so I would like it to be, you know, an event-free affair and a close game. So some programs feel, you know, inspired to try and to try and do it again. I don't know if that will or will not happen, but um, I'm going to be at a wedding and we'll try and squeeze this in while watch it, you know, sometime. Are on. you in the wedding or are you just at the wedding? I'm just at the wedding. Then you can stream it. No, I mean, it's, uh, it'll be a good time. A lot of, you know, this is a wedding where I know the groom very well, and I'm going to know, uh, you know, 40 to 50 people at the wedding. It will be a very, very good time. Um, although wa- my wife right now, so I'm doing solo dad duty at home here. Boys are asleep as we record this, uh, which I was thinking about 20 minutes ago. Like if, if one of them woke up and was like having an issue, like I'm on the other side of the house, like, you know, barging into this office, screaming, crying, not knowing, you know, where the hell I am. I think, knock on wood, we're going to be clear from that. Anyway, point is, my wife's not home right now. She's flying. To, she's getting up, flying home from Dallas on a work trip. 4.30 a.m. wake-up call. And she, she, is, she has told me she is going to try and make it to the end of this wedding, but she is going to be exhausted. And it's, uh, you know, it's not exactly 10, 15 minutes away. It's a little bit of a drive there. So we wait and see on that. Anyway, as for the line. Yeah. Jaden Akins did play. He had a he had a stress uh, stress reaction. He did get some time in uh, Michigan State's opener there. Michigan State is a bit of a mystery overall. It did defeat Northern Arizona seven three fifty five, but it's not. You know, it's 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 a big line for Ken for Ken Palm here. Um, you said it was eight GP. Is that right? That's what that's what Ken Palm says. Marcus Nelson. He we emailed us earlier and said that it had actually opened in the betting markets at minus ten. But then we played the Ken. Pa- we play the Kinpom numbers. No, no, no. If we have the line, let's play the line. We, this almost never happens, though, because we do it Friday morning. Those lines don't post until Friday afternoon. We actually have the line. Let's do the line. Gonzaga minus 10. Yeah. I'm laying the points. I'm laying points. Zags are my national champion. I can't be picking against them in the opening week of the season. I will take Sparty to cover. Too many. Uh, there's a lot going on with this game. And Michigan, one of these programs, one of these coaches has has experience coaching on a damn aircraft carrier, and it ain't Mark Few. Oh, no. I will you go. Think there's an advantage. 
Come on now. I will go Sparty to cover, Gonzaga to win. And yeah, I think the plan here is for this game to tip off like when the, the sun is not going to be an uh, an overriding factor in terms of how it's falling into the sky, but the, the ship will have lights and all that stuff, but you'll get natural daylight as well, but not glaring like I'm trying like I'm trying to, to go over like a breakaway lab and then I'm blinded by the sun. That's not going to be an issue there. Uh, the last time I did this in San Diego, it looked absolutely gorgeous. Can't wait to, uh, to watch this game. I'll be a day later, but there we go. So we are split on that. All right, next game. What do we got? Game three, Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, number 22, Michigan. It's hosted Eastern Michigan inside Trey Burke Arena. Which is now actually Little Caesars Arena. Michigan's basketball arena is now Little Caesars Arena. That Jersey Mike's path, I guess. How do you feel about that? You know who's thrilled about it is, is Tom Crean. Remember the Tom Crean Little Caesars? He does love. He love does it. love Loves Little it. Caesars. Loves it. You can watch it on ESPNU. Kim Palm's got it. Michigan minus twenty-two. I only bring this up because it will be the first game for Imani Bates. At Eastern Michigan, Stan Heath held him out of the season opener. Um, I guess this is some sort of punishment because he's riding around in a car with weed and, and guns. Absolved. Everything dropped. How did that happen, by the way? Uh, don't have I mean, I watched, I watched the whole arrest video. It wasn't like he didn't know. He The original story was like, he didn't know. And it, 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 I watched it. He seemed to know. He seemed to know he had. I don't care. Like, I don't care. But I'm just saying that was kind of, I, I feel like if most people get caught with guns and weed in the car, they it doesn't just go away the way that one kind of just went away. Whatever. I don't care. Let's just leave it at that. I don't care. Might have been Imani Bates, Got dropped. Imani Bates is scheduled to make his Eastern Michigan debut against Michigan on Friday night. Michigan minus 22. That's the number. How about this? Side over under. I'm going to take Michigan to cover. Who scores more, Imani or Jet Howard? Because Eastern Michigan needs Imani to score yeah, more. Imani, yeah, how about this? Jed Howard will be the better player. Imani Bates will score more points. Okay, I, yeah, because he's going to... I don't know what he's going to do. It's his, first no college, it's his first college game here. Uh, let me look this up real quick as you... I'm going to see. What was what was Imani Bates' high last season when he was at Memphis? Bates last year. I'm bringing it up right now. His single-game high was... Take a stab at it. Just take a guess. What do you think? Is, what do you think the most points Imani Bates scored at? Seventeen. Boom, dude. Did you know it? I did not. I just guessed. It's, it was seventeen. It was the first game he played in Tennessee right. Tech to open the season. Dropped seventeen. Never got more than that in a game. Ah, uh, uh, they need him to score, but like he's the only. I, I will say Jed Howard had a had a good. I'll say Jed Howard scores more. I'll say Jed so Howard. I'll say Jed Howard drops. 20 and Imani drops 18. All right. You're taking Michigan minus 22. I'll take Eastern Michigan plus the 22. Okay. At some point, you got to take an underdog. Otherwise, you look like a goober. Game four. Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Number 11, Tennessee against Colorado. It's going to be played in Nashville inside Bryce Drew Arena. He deserves. Bryce, Bryce. Spent a couple years in Nashville. He deserves to have that arena named after him. You can watch it on ESPN. Kim Palm has it. Tennessee minus 12. All right. So uh, there's a factor in with this one that I don't know if you were aware of. I'm aware of everything. Okay. What's the factor with Colorado? Just say it. I'm going to put you on the spot. I know they just got a commitment from a five-star, Cody Williams. That's not the factor. What's the factor? That's all I know. Okay. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was overplaying my hand when I said I know everything. On uh, the previous pod, I had mentioned that Memphis was the only power conference program that was opening up uh, its season with two road wins. Colorado is the closest thing to that because this is a semi away game. It's not at Tennessee, but on Friday, and I'll get to my pick in just a second, but I'll bring up this because I did want to. I did want to mention this on Friday. Colorado is going to play at. Grambling State. Now, this is part of the Pac-12 Legacy Series that was that came out of 2020 when the Pac-12 entered into a multi-year agreement with the SWAC to have the schools play each other in home-and-home environments. So Colorado on Friday is going to play at Grambling State, which is awesome. 
this weekend and into next week. So USC is going to play. We're recording this Thursday night. So as we record this, USC is hosting Alabama State. Friday, you've got Colorado at Grambling State. Arizona will host Southern. Oregon State hosts Florida A&M. Arizona State on Sunday plays at Texas Southern. I love this. These power conference schools going to these SWAC gyms, it's freaking awesome. UCLA will host Norfolk State on Monday. And then on Tuesday, Washington State is going to play at Prairie View A&M. And this got a little bit of run when it got announced a couple of years back. Uh, But now this is the year where you actually have Pac-12 teams going into opposing SWAC gyms. Getting to see that, obviously, you know, doing it for educational opportunities, HBCUs, their place in American history. Um, Willis Reed, by the way, played at Grambling State. I think some people might not even realize that, but obviously one of the more well-known and, and biggest players in uh, in the NBA in the 60s and 70s there. So Colorado, before it plays Tennessee, will get a game against Grambling State in. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a pretty, uh, pretty cool deal. None of the games, because they are between Pac-12 schools and SWAC schools, they don't inherently have marquee value, right, obviously. But the event itself... It's a really cool thing that the Pac-12 is doing, and I love to see it. You are putting power conference teams on the road against HBCUs. That's a really awesome opportunity for those schools and those campuses, GP. All right, I got to back up. I've made a public mistake. Oh, boy. Eastern Michigan, Michigan, and thanks to Daniel. And the, I knew these YouTube comments were, for, were worth something. I, <laughs> deep down, I knew they had to serve a purpose. That game's yeah. being played in Detroit in Little Caesars Arena. Not on campus in Ann Arbor. Okay. Okay. Michigan has not changed its I arena. Felt, when you were saying that, I was like, I feel like that's the uh, other arena. But I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to correct hey, that's you. That's on me. It's not that's changing a, my pick or my a, prediction. That, that's an unforced error. That's an or that's an that's an unnecessary turnover on my part. I'm I was sloppy with the, I was sloppy with the ball. Not taking care of the ball. It's rough. A rough, my man. But I'm not going to hit the I was wrong with you again. So, okay. Well, there we go. Um, I'm, anyway, I'm Colorado plus the points. That's what I'm trying to tell you. What's that line again for people that lost track? You can't give Ted Boyle 12 points. Can you? How many? 12. 12. Can you give Ted Boyle 12 points? Yeah, I am. Give me Tennessee. Oh. Give me Tennessee. Lean it with the balls inside Bryce Drew Arena. I, you know, what's interesting is, so GP picks the first four, and then I pick the last one. Although, to be honest, this one I was like, eh, I'm going to take uh, something of uh, this of a, of a well-known game. You did not pick the other notable game that's happening Friday, though, in an unusual circumstance. Okay, then. <laughs> what game do you mean, Norlander? Well, Parrish, it's I'm Stanford. Looking, what ga- yeah, what game do you mean? Stanford plays Wisconsin. And where are they playing? On a damn baseball diamond. American Family Field, home of the Milwaukee Brewers. That's going to go yeah. down on Friday night. You got to at least a, have a top 25 team in the, in the game for me to for me to pay attention valid, to. Valid. 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 They are a couple of 1-0 teams. A couple of top 60 Ken Palm teams. Stanford against Wisconsin. That is your parallel programming to the aircraft carrier game. The two, you know, college basketball is going to have two games of note not played in basketball arena is going down on Friday before as always before I get to the final game that we're going to pick here a couple other ones just to keep an eye on over the weekend uh, Toledo UAB is a, is a mid-major special and UAB could be a top 35 level team this season Toledo I think is the best team in the MAC. if it were to beat UAB maybe hell who knows we look up and it's got an at-large case of bubble team it's got so long to go but they, they certainly two mid-majors that could be in the NCAA tournament uh, Villanova didn't have uh, too many issues going up against Dump and LaSalle in the opener. It got to play at Temple on the road. Kyle Neptune getting the, the full Big Five experience right away there. That's another one on Friday to be aware of. Liberty is playing against Alabama on Friday night. That's notable because, you know, Liberty's got Darius McGee, who might lead the nation in scoring. Again, he's the reigning leading scorer in men's D1. Uh, that's an 8 o'clock tip on Friday night. So just, you know, We'll see. If he's able to drop 35 and they keep it competitive, you never know. Liberty is also one of the best mid-major programs in the country. And then there's a couple other mid-major specials. Iona Hofstra, both could eventually be in the NCAA tournament. Shasta Rapitino, of course. And then Belmont Furman is another really, really good mid-major one to know about. GP will also be watching Princeton take on Navy. That will be on CBS Sports Network. Um, 
three, uh, three others to know. Washington State-Boise State is the only game halfway decent on Saturday. Boise State now needs to win because it just blew a game on its home floor against South Dakota State. And then you've got North Texas against St. Mary's on Sunday. Again, we actually have... I mean, I actually think that these results will wind up being intriguing and meaning something when we are podcasting GP late February, early March, and we're looking at some of these mid-majors. Where do they fall in Palm's projected bracket? Do they have an at-large case? These games, these very games, could actually wind up having some significance there. So uh, for the hardcores here that are into the mid-major stuff, you know that this weekend is actually a pretty good one. My fifth game, well, it's going to be BYU against San Diego State. And that is at Kawhi, uh, at the Kawhi Leonard Arena. We always got to get the last part of that right because it's Viejas. These are former Mountain West foes. BYU, obviously, in the WCC on its way to the Big 12. Uh, San Diego State, projected best mid-major in the country going into the season. Might also be on its way to the Big 12. uh, Or the the Pac-12, rather. Yeah, that the, the recent reporting from John Wilner is that maybe San Diego State and SMU to the Pac-12. I saw that. And uh, we never fake it on the podcast. Full transparency. I had not heard much, much about SMU. That would be an intriguing one. We'll see. Uh, trying to determine if the Pac-12. Would, uh, San Diego State has been the team, like, you know, rumored about for months and months and months. Like, that's the highest priority. The question is, is, would SMU be there? Would Boise State be there? Would Gonzaga be there? We'll kind of wait and see. But yes, uh, Wilner knows what he's talking about. Uh, among the best, certainly on that beat, the best on the Pac-12 beat. And if he uh, if he's reporting it, obviously there's a lot of validity to it. That would be an intriguing one, too, to add. Again, Pac-12 needs to determine if those two schools would be a value-add enough to actually bring them in with their impending media rights deal. As for this game overall, San Diego State defense is the story the whole while. Matt Bradley, among the best mid-major players in the country. But Darian Trammell is the point guard transfer. I believe he actually got a mention on our mid-major Best of the Rest special podcast we did right before the season started. Nathan Mentz is another big to know about. To me, it's more about BYU. What are you going to do in this spot? It's a tough spot. You're on the road. Very hostile environment. BYU narrowly beat Idaho State 60-56 to on opening night. So, And then that was obviously at the Marriott Center there. Now you got to go on the road. Mark Pope's team... You know, there's a lot to a lot to prove here. Some new guys getting some new minutes. Ken Palm has this as an eight-point San Diego State lean. SDSU minus eight. I will go. I'm gonna I'm gonna have that Idaho State BYU game influence me here. And plus, I'm like I'm in on SDSU being a top five defense in the country. So I will take the Aztecs to win and cover in this spot. Yeah, this is easy for me. Um, first and foremost, I am an Aztec at my core. So you got that. And then, like, let's keep it simple. One of these schools suspended Brandon Davies for doing it, and the other one did not. What do you want me to do? Scouts honor. Scouts honor, GP, when I picked the game. Brandon Davies didn't even flare my radar. That's my bad. That's you. That's you being sloppy with the ball. I was sloppy with that ball that time, wasn't I? It's my bad, man. One school suspended Brandon Davies. Uh, And the other one didn't. You're going to have to go so to YouTube you, and watch what Paris just did. I'm so you know who I'm with? Yeah. You know who I'm with? I'm with the Aztecs. Till I die. Which could be any day. You or Twitter, what goes first? I would bet on me at this point. Huh. I mean, I just headbutted a dresser for no reason. I, I seem like a likely candidate. You know? Terrible. Yeah. It is terrible. I got young kids. I thought, you know, I ain't had a good week. I mean, it's, it, there's no getting around the fact that I didn't, I have not had a good week. But you made it. You made the trip. You're going to be on television. My request to anyone consuming this podcast in whatever form you're doing it, live on YouTube, on the podcast, on the phone, whatever, uh, I'm going to need multiple screenshots of my man on the sideline. Because again, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be at a wedding. Get my, get my dance on. You know, having a good time. I'm not going to be able to watch this in real time, and I'm already DVRing. DVR the Spartan. We're going to do our best with angles. Like every coach interview that I have to do is going to be here. Kelvin Sampson standing over here. You're shooting. You're shooting my right eye. That's actually that's smart. So we might not that's even. Actually, yeah. Yeah. That's so like, move. it's going to be yeah. that. And then there is a scenario also. Like my first live hit would be, and now we'll throw it to Gary Parish, who's 
you know, uh, who spoke to Kelvin Sampson earlier. And it's like, uh, thanks, Dave. And then, and then I just start talking. And I would always be on camera for that for like 10 seconds. And then they take me off camera. Might just leave me off camera completely. I could just be a voice. Like, don't shoot me straight. Uh, let me just be a voice. I can do most of my hits off camera. I don't really it's know what the plan even. is. All right. I don't know what the plan is. I'm not the, I'm not the director. We're going to let the director and the producer make those decisions. Basically, as it pertains to my work now, I let my directors and producers and not to make all the decisions. <laughs> Can I get that in writing, sir? No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Uh, we're really coming around. That was extremely well-timed, Nada. Um, I think that's all, that's all we got. As a reminder, Sunday night shows are back and live. Uh, the Leaky Black one was not technically live. We pre-recorded that. Uh, can't give you an exact time. It is always a floating time. Our Sunday night shows, with rare exception, almost never start before 637 Eastern, but you will need to. Here's here's the way to get around that. Hope that Twitter still exists. Follow yeah. Ion CBB Podcast on Twitter in addition to Gary Paris CBS, Matt Norlander, Nada the Scribe. Follow the whole crew. Follow the whole gang. Uh, so you can get notice at some point on Sunday. We will give you an alert and a heads up as to when we will go live there. And the fastest way to consume the podcast, of course, is when we are doing it live on YouTube. You are continuing to boost our subscriber numbers. We do appreciate that. We are trying to make a pretty good push for 10,000. All I can ask is if you enjoy this and you have friends that you know enjoy college hoops, enjoy good, just good fun podcast, pass it along to a friend. However they subscribe, through YouTube or all sorts of channels, we would appreciate that. But we will be live to react to the weekend on Sunday night. All you, GC. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck, Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Iron College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. You got this, Over man, Apple. Do I need to take care of this? What? Oh, you what? got this? It sounded like there was something really building up in the chest there. That's all. I'm still sick. That's the other thing. Like, I'm still sick. I've still got a cough that I'm dealing with. I mean, I could hit another dresser tonight. You never know. You never know. Please don't. I'm still or sick. End, or, or end table, too. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in this room to hit, I tell you. I, 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 am, I am, dude, I'll, I'll, t- I'll show you something ridiculous. See if you can see this. So you see this up here? Yeah. Let's see if you can this little yeah. thing here doesn't so work. I, it's just like a, it's just like a, to pull it like that, right? He's touching a rod right now. So it was open when I checked in, and I was like, "Yo, I gotta get a nap because I got up at like five thirty this morning, and I went to close it, and then I went to close the other one, and this thing was swinging like that, and it hit I mean, me I, right in right. my eye. It, dude, it hurt so bad. It wasn't like if it would have hit you in your eye, it would not have hurt at all. But it hit right on the incision, and I was like, "I was like, you know what? I, maybe it's maybe I should just give up. Maybe maybe it's time to give up. I mean, I just I just hurt myself shutting curtains in Annapolis, Maryland. Maybe it's time to give up. I was just sitting here wondering if it's time to give up. Uh, Life is full oh, of challenges, you know. Unbelievable. Every day, new challenges." There's more of us than there are of them. Make sure that's reflected in the uh, comments at Apple. We're going to talk to you again on Sunday night. Till then, just wish me luck. We'll talk to you soon. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.